Well, it's Friday. I guess that means it's time for Backwoods Theology. Thank you so much for joining us and hope that you've had a good week this past week. And I know that we have here, and it just seems like this past week has gone by in just a few minutes. <laughs> uh, it has gone by so quickly. Question. Okay. Of you two, do you guys subscribe to this podcast? I'd have to look that up. Oh, boy. Yeah. How many yeah, subscribers do we have? I'm, I'm, the mo- I'm the moron in the room. I listen, <laughs> I listen to it. Does that mean that I subscribe to it? or? Well, you can listen and not subscribe. I was just wondering, of, of the three of us. I actually, yep, I am subscribed. I am a subscriber. Okay. How wondering. do I do that? I'm, I'm, the dummy. I'm the dummy in the room. Anyway, after this program. I, had, uh, I was waiting to actually ask that on the does air. It actually, I wanted to hear honest answers. Does it actually say? <laughs> no, I listen to them every week. Obviously, okay. I record them and then I listen yeah, to them. Yeah. But we should uh, ask our producer if he can tell how many subscribers. How many we subscribers? Have. We, we have, have fourteen ratings. Okay, we've got one, one star. So thanks, you jerk, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> I have not rated the podcast yet. I'm fourteen gonna, ratings, I'm gonna, one one star. The yeah, rest are five. Yeah, it's got to uh-huh. be all of our wives. <laughs> <laughs> now is uh, the one. Or the initials KW by chance? No. No, it's probably one of our many good friends. <laughs> Thank you. <so>. Sure. <laughs> That's a great way to encourage listeners. That's right. Too. That's right. Make sure you give us five. Yeah. Watch really? Us. We'll get you know, a bunch of three from here. You're going to be caught out on the, on the hey, air. I understand not everyone can be, but right to one? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be someone who just doesn't like you. Not, no even, a, not even a Nothing. two and a half. I mean, if it was yeah. zero, they would have done it. But straight you have to, to at least do one. Yeah, right? straight. To one. Yeah, I don't think right. you can do a zero. You can't. Yeah. No. That's wow. okay. Sorry, not to interrupt you, but my mind went there and I thought, I'm just going to ask on the air of the three of us, do we subscribe to this podcast? I well, know. I honestly thought because I listened to it that I subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's something else I need to do, you can let me know. <laughs> uh, this is fun. So we have, well, so that doesn't mean only 14 people have listened to us. That means that. Only 14 reviews. Uh, I don't, I don't right. know. Our Which producer has to tell us this. This is how difficult it is. You open the app and it has a little button where you can push tap to rate. Okay. okay. So I'm going to give us a four star and just see how long it takes for that to show up. Wow. That's, okay. that's nice of you. Yeah. I can change it later. Okay. So if it was just you two, you get a five star. <laughs> right. uh, well, we're glad that you're joining us here. And again, this really helps me. I learn a lot from this, just talking things out. And I can honestly say if nobody listened to us, I would still do this just because the act of doing it. This is it, just fun to yeah, talk. It's just, yeah. It's very helpful for me to do this. And we look forward to it. I look forward to it. And so I'm going to do it whether anybody listens or not. So um, I, I do think I liken many times pastoring to being uh, an airline attendant on the you know, here it is, this poor person is trying to give you information that will save your life, and no one gives a who about what they are saying. Right, right. And so many times I feel like in church, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not just trying to save your life, I'm trying to give you something that will help you for all of eternity. That's and, right. Uh, the, mayor of a, the mayor of our town called a while ago, and they were determining the emergency procedures for the town and what they're going to do in case of emergency. And so the mayor 
asked and said, uh, how many people could you sleep at your church? And I said, well, I put over 100 to sleep every week. So, mm. uh, yes. But yes. Another flat joke. Hey, <laughs> we're going to encourage you today. Pastors we're going to have flat jokes. Right. That's right. We're going to uplift your day today. We're going to talk about the Antichrist. Yes. yes. Uh, now, what a way to uh, bring joy to your Friday. Uh, a statement was made on our last podcast, you'll remember, of who I believe the Antichrist is biblically. Now, can I say this? I don't plan to be here on the earth during this time, so, um, you know, um, it's for the born-again child of God, whoever the Antichrist is, it's not going to affect them. But I do believe the Bible gives us plenty of information. We don't have to turn sideways and step back 10 steps and look at it. Mm. I believe it gives us some pretty clear information as to who the Antichrist is. Now, I've kind of, as as I study this, I kind of chuckle through the years who I have been told the Antichrist is. Uh, I remember as a child, there was uh, rumblings because of the Cold War that Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist mm -hmm. because... You're familiar with the number 666. Well, his name was Ronald Wilson Reagan. Six letters in each name. And oh my goodness, <gasps> Ronald Reagan is the Antichrist. 666. Uh, I remember that from the 80s. I Well, Donald is the last Trump. Ah! Right? So, that's who I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. When the, at the last the Trump. The last Trump. Have you, all, <laughs> have you all heard the notion that he's going to be from Eastern European country? And I don't know where in the world they get that from. Mm. Um, that he's going to be a Gentile, which we're going to show the Bible. That's impossible. I thought it's, his name was Nikolai. Oh, that's right. What was it? Uh, Carpathia. Carpathia. Yes. yes. Yep. And he was from like Roma hair, Romania hair, or something. Yep. Mm. Yeah. He's the Antichrist. Um, well, I mean, it could be Nancy. You think so? Well. <laughs> Sorry, I went there. She has to get polygraphed, but got to keep your teeth in. Are you, re are you referring to a Californian politician? I'm, I just said Nancy. Okay. Right. <laughs> just wondering. Yes. Sorry. And, you know, I okay, to, to, be, to be fair, uh, there are a lot of false teachers out there. I remember growing up and... Uh, getting dressed in the morning on Sundays, and we had TBN on. Mm. And every Sunday, TBN had this great guy named John Hagee. Yeah, oh, yes. And John Hagee has made more money off trying to, off reading tea leaves. Yes. And Is he the guy who gets into the blood moon? He's the blood yes. moon. Yes. Right. Yeah. And Do you know why the moon is red at that time? Because it's not blue, it's not green. You know, sure. it doesn't mean anything. That's right. So people can prognosticate and guess and come up with all kinds of guesses as to who the Antichrist is. But the Bible, at the very least, gives us uh, gives us some markers. Sure. Which is why I think brought us into the jokes that we were starting this podcast with, with Nancy or Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump, because let's, let's be honest, we've all heard them. Mm -hmm. Sure. Oh, sure. oh, it's 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 Obama. It's right. you know, what are we doing? And we're not using scripture mm -hmm. to help us understand. Like I like what Brother Wiley said too. Honestly, we're gone. Right. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not 
it, it doesn't pertain to us. Not that we shouldn't know it because it is written in scripture for us to learn. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I know a person who got wrapped up so much in his life. Every morning, evening, he was researching online, tr- trying to put together who the Antichrist is because he believes he was already born and he's trying to find him in the world. And what are we doing? You know what I mean? Well, let's okay. So, let's 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 take. I mean, we're just we're still in the introduction part, but yeah. let's play a fun thought experiment. What if you get it right? Then what? Was that? Yeah. What does I that mean? Do? Then what? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna thwart all of Scripture and what God has prophetically laid out is gonna happen? Are you mm. gonna? And then, are you realistically gonna no, say? No, you're gonna Listen, put it in the book, publish it, and make money. Well, there you go. <laughs> Makes the world go around. Hey, and can right. we say on, on backwards theology? You're not going to listen to this and learn any formally unknown truth. We are not a revealer of mysteries like the Apostle Paul was. Okay. Yes. Whatever you're going to learn on this podcast has been available to you all this time. It may be the first time that someone's kind of put the pieces together for you, so to speak. But that doesn't mean that that person is any revealer of secrets or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And I think Mm -hmm. that's perhaps some of these men that you've mentioned, is that what they're trying to be? They're trying to be some revealer of secrets that, you know, whether it be the blood moons or these other things, Mm -hmm. which the Bible doesn't even... Sure. You know, speak to those and I think, things. And... Well, yeah, um, a revealer of secrets, as long as you click on right. that email to subscribe for nine ninety nine a month well, or that's whatever it. the case is. That's it. That is it. There's just follow the money. Follow the money. Yep. Well, um, yes. And, you know, we could ask questions about the Antichrist. You know, I've heard this question asked, and I do have an answer for these questions. Um, um, can I, can I, while we're on this prophecy club thing i just googled the prophecy club exclusive all i did was i googled exclusive prophecy club and to be fair i use DuckDuckGo because i don't care for google and all of the tracking stuff but i mean you can come to a nearly endless supply of prophecy clubs and you can join and they will promise you the world you can also you know you could buy long-term food storage, all these different things through these exclusive prophecy clubs. Don't believe any of it. Just open your Bible. Back to our main speaker. You know, I've heard this question asked, is the Antichrist alive today? And my answer to that would be yes. Um, Is he upon the earth? My answer would be no. Mm. He's within the earth. The Bible tells us he's within the earth. That's he's, right. he's not walking upon the earth right now. We know that biblically because of where the Antichrist comes from. And forgive me, I ended a sentence in a preposition. My mother would be very <laughs> upset with me. Uh, but uh, so I've already put a name to who I believe the Antichrist is. And I, I was asked by my two friends here to put some scripture to that for the listener, and so definitely going to do that. So instead of imagine things and, you know, um, I have not read any men's books. I have not uh, read any commentary. I just, I really, when I study the Bible, I try not to leave the scriptures. So the way that I study things is I answer, I, I ask myself questions. I ask myself a series of questions, 
and then I try to answer them biblically, uh, not, again, reading someone's commentary, but by answering them biblically. So the first question that I ask is, does the Bible tell us, for instance, is the Antichrist a Jew or a Gentile? I've heard growing up that, okay, the Antichrist is going to come from an Eastern European nation. He's going to be a Gentile, um, which the Bible specifically tells us that the Antichrist is going to be a Jew. It's going to be a Jew for one very practical reason, but then also for a biblical reason. Hmm. The practical reason is the Antichrist has to pass himself as the Messiah to the Jews. That's right. The Jews are not going to accept a Gentile as their Messiah. So the Antichrist will be a Jew, just thinking practically, because the Jews, he, he is coming to deceive the very elect, the Bible says in Matthew 24. And how is a Gentile going to deceive the elect? But the book of Daniel, chapter number 11, I believe clearly tells us that the Antichrist is going to be a Jew, which only makes complete sense. If you are going to be the Messiah of the Jews, then you need to be a Jew yourself. So I'm in Daniel chapter number, Daniel chapter number 11, and it's verses 36 and 37. This is speaking of the Antichrist. The Bible says, And the king shall do according to his will. And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god. That mm. sounds a lot like Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And shall speak marvelous. Oh, here's another podcast. The word, <laughs> the word marvelous in the word of God, every time the word marvelous is used, it's in reference to God. Mm. Except this one time. This is the Antichrist. Again, he's trying to portray himself as God. As God, yeah. And this is the only time in the Bible that I can find, you know, where the Bible says, marvelous are thy works. Mm -hmm. That word marvelous, except for this one time, is exclusively used for God, but here it's used for the Antichrist. He shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that, that is determined shall be done. Now, where we get that he's a Jew is from verse 37. Neither shall he regard the, then notice this phrase, God, uppercase G, of his fathers. Hmm. So I believe that's a clearly Jewish reference there, that he shall not regard the God of his fathers. Um, now, again, I'm not trying to get people in an uproar. There are those who believe the Antichrist is going to be homosexual, mm -hmm. and they use this verse. I don't believe that this is what this reference, where it says, nor the desire of women, nor regard. What that means is he's not going to subject himself to anyone. That doesn't mean, well, I'm going to, I'm going to disregard the desire of women, and I'm going to go to men. What verse 37 is saying is he's not going to regard anything. He's going to regard nothing. He's not going to regard the God of his fathers. He's not going to regard the desire of women. He's not going to regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. And 
if there are those who feel that, okay, well, that's teaching he's going to be homosexual, you know, I'm not going to get down on the floor and argue and foam at the mouth with anybody. I would. I don't believe that that's what that is. Well, referencing. can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, you were referencing that if it were possible, that the Antichrist would deceive the very elect, right? So it would be difficult to pass off that a, a homosexual Antichrist would be able to deceive the very elect by virtue of the fact that he's rejecting the most basic institution of marriage, in, mm, right? right? Wouldn't that make sense? Well, I think it's also in the verse. I mean, re- what is the thing we always say? Um, just keep reading. It says at the end of verse 37, for he shall magnify himself above all. The whole point right. is the magnification of himself. That's what that's right. saying. He's not going to subject himself to women. He's not going to subject right. himself to any God. He's going to magnify himself. Which so, means he's not married. Right. I'm so I didn't mean to bring that. All I'm saying is, is that's the verse that people say mm-hmm. to say that the Antichrist is homosexual, which I just don't believe that that's what it's saying. And it's also worth, you know, think, considering that that means that he is acting entirely in his own power uh, apart from any other influence, right? Because you think about Proverbs, how many warnings in Proverbs are there given to, you know, to Solomon to avoid a strange woman or avoid, right? right? And Solomon, his ways were changed because he was under the influence of all of these uh, women, Even someone as wicked as Ahab. Sure, Jezebel. Yeah. Right, so he's acting at the will of somebody else. That's right. The Antichrist will not be in subjection to anybody. Because the desire of women, really, for men is a weakness. Yes. I would say. Yes. It's a weakness, and this is speaking of his strength, Mm -hmm. that he's not going to subject himself to any of these things. I agree. But from that first phrase, the God of his fathers, that is the biblical verse that I would go to to show that the Antichrist is going to be a Jew. Not only is he going to be a Jew because he's got to show himself as the Messiah of the Jews, he is the Antichrist, but also... The Bible says he is not going to regard the God of his father. So, assembling a puzzle, this is just, this does not uh, name Judas. This is just a piece of the puzzle that I go to. To say that he's Jewish, we're talking strictly about his ethnicity. Correct. Not necessarily his his citizenship. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Right? That. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Right, right. This is a, um, this is speaking of not not the way that he believes. He just physically bears the 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 mark of being a Jew. That he is. So what this would mean as well, because this would mean that he is of the lineage of Abraham through Isaac through Jacob. Because remember. Notice it doesn't say a son of Abraham. The Muslims are sons of Abraham. You That's know, right. Yeah. Uh, Abraham had eight sons. He had two with, uh, he had Ishmael and Isaac, and then he had six sons with Keturah, his second wife. So to be a son of Abraham, you could be of eight different lineages. That is why Paul said in Romans, who is an Israelite? Who's an Israelite? Mm-hmm. The Edomites were sons of Abraham. They were the sons of Esau. Mm-hmm. But 
so Paul specifically defines who is an Israelite. They are through Isaac, through Jacob. That is an Israelite. And so this man will be an Israelite. He will be a Jew. So that's the first thing that we can know about the Antichrist. I just, uh, again, put that puzzle piece. Secondly, I believe scripturally who the Antichrist is, he must have once lived upon the earth. This will be someone who is resurrected. This isn't someone that, you know, um, when someone says, is the Antichrist alive today? What that means, what they're meaning is, okay, are they born and are they upon the earth right now? Well, the Bible clearly tells us that the Antichrist is someone who once lived upon the earth who has now perished. Mm -hmm. And that is multiple references in the book of Revelation. The first is uh, Revelation 13. We see description of the beast in Revelation chapter 13. And if you read, um, the first is in verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered at the beast. And then if you look further down in verse number 14, and deceive them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. So this speaks of one who has uh, resurrected. Again, is it not prophesied that their Messiah will be resurrected from the dead, who shall live again? Uh, but the, I think the clearest is Revelation 17, is the clearest manifestation of the fact that the Antichrist is someone who lived before. The Bible says, Revelation 17, verse 8, the beast that thou sawest, now notice what it says, was, that's past tense, and is not, that is present, and shall, that is future. So we see, now again, the beast that thou sawest was. Mm-hmm. And is not. I believe that means at the time of John's writing, the Antichrist is someone who had already lived, but at the time of John's writing has already passed away. But shall ascend, shall be resurrected. Notice, and this will be a future point, where the Antichrist is going to be resurrected out of, out of the bottomless pit. Well, that's an interesting study in the Word of God, the bottomless pit. Um, but my second belief of why I believe, again, another puzzle, the first piece is he's a Jew. Second, he's someone who has once lived, who is going to be resurrected. Now, that shouldn't bother us. Again, we hate believing in ugly things. We believe Moses is going to be brought back. Hmm. We believe Elijah is going to be brought back. We believe Zerubbabel, according to Zechariah, uh, is going to be brought back. 
The Bible says David is going to reign, and he. The Bible says about David in ooh, which prophet is it where it says he will be a prince? He's not going to be a king. Christ is king, but the Bible says he's going to be a prince among the people. David. Well, I believe Judas is going to be brought back. Well, I think, okay, just to jump in on the idea of resurrection. Yes. At the Lord's resurrection, was he the only one who resurrected <laughs> at his resurrection? And the answer to that is what? No. No. There were other saints who The Bible says the were graves were opened. Right. And so there, at least there was a first fruits of that final resurrection of the living. Go ahead. I was just saying, it's not, it's not strange to think no, about resurrection. Not strange at all. Not biblically. And um, so, so the second piece of information that I have is that it is someone who's once lived. So the Antichrist, when he comes upon the earth, this isn't going to be the first time that he's lived upon the earth. This is someone who has formerly been upon the earth at the time of John's writing, has passed away, according to Revelation 17, verse number 8, uh, but it is someone who is going to come back. I'll just go through these, and then we can tear them apart. Number three, the Bible teaches us that the Antichrist shall come from the bottomless pit, specifically the bottomless pit. That is Revelation 17, and verse number 8. I believe, according to the Scriptures, the bottomless pit is a place of holding. It's a holding place. There are only three times that I can think of that it is used as a place of holding mm -hmm. where something is alive and it shall be released. The most famous would be Revelation 20. The Bible says Satan shall be thrown into the bottomless pit and shall be held there for a thousand years. Which, in that passage... That is in contrast to his angels that are cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Uh, in that passage, they're in two different places, to your point. Correct. Bottomless pit is not the lake of fire. Right. It's right. a place yeah. of holding. That's right. Um, we see in Revelation 20, for instance, there's an angel that has a key to the bottomless pit. Well, what is a key used for? It's to unlock something to release it. And that's what we see in Revelation 20. Can I add scripture to what yes. you're saying? Okay, you're, you're quoting Revelation 20. Correct. Where um, the devil is cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. But just prior to that, this beast that you're speaking of, the beast was taken and with him the false prophet. And the Bible says that these were both cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Correct. So there's two different places at play yes. here. The bottomless pit is not the lake of fire. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a place of holding. Um, this, the Antichrist is going to come from the bottomless pit, which means that I believe the Antichrist is there now. Mm -hmm. Satan is going to be put there at a future time. The Antichrist is there now according to Revelation chapter 17. The only other reference I can find is Revelation 9. There are some, I believe, angels that sinned are held in the bottomless pit right now. You're familiar with Apollyon in Revelation 9. Well, the Bible says in Revelation 9, um, oh, where do I want to go? 
nine one and two both mention it. Right, the angel with the key, the key to the bottomless pit, and they come and release these. And I believe these are devils. These are angels which sinned. Remember, the Bible says they are held for judgment. Um, that Jude, right? They are held in chains of darkness. Yeah. Yep. Um, reserved, reserved for judgment. Yes. And so the question is. Reserved for their judgment or reserved for some other judgment? I believe that term, it's a, I believe it can be a dual role because they are going to be judged, but they're being held for judgment. They're going to be used for the judgment of God's people upon the earth, the nation of Israel. And they are defined in Revelation chapter number nine, where, um, these, I don't want to use the word demonic because demon is not a biblical word. These are devils, which I believe are held in the bottomless pit, who are going to be released, who are going to bring judgment upon the earth. They are reserved for judgment. And you can read about that. Uh, there's a king could of you, these could devils. Could you connect um, in Jude? It mentions that they were reserved in chains. And then we also know that in... would be that could also be Revelation nine. You're right in Revelation nine, verses fourteen and fifteen, the four that are held in the Euphrates River. Yeah, um, is that what you were going to say? It, yes, and also you mentioned the bottomless pit, a place of holding, like a uh, a holding cell. Correct. Um, the Bible you says in uh, Revelation twenty. Um, I don't think the word chain is mentioned, but it does say that Satan is bound. Yes. As well. Yes. Um, he's not just cast into the bottomless pit. He's bound. He's not at the door shaking yeah, the right. door. He's, he's bound. He's bound, right? So, so there's a, yeah. Well, the angel, okay, which has the key of the bottomless pit, has a great chain in his hand. Oh. So mm-hmm. if he has that great oh, yeah. chain it in his hand. It does say chain, yes. And then he binds Satan a thousand years, then and we the, would understand the, that great chain. So the angels of Jude which are released in Revelation 9. Are in this bottomless pit right now. Are in the bottomless pit right now in chains, the same chains that are going to bound up Satan. I'm, I'm just, in, well, my, in, Jude, in my mind, in I'm putting Jude, it all together. Right, in Jude, it's called everlasting chains. Yep. Here, it's called a great chain. Great chain. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. We're, I'm connecting words sure. to like places. Associating what's going on there with the place. That's right. Right. It's a holding place. It's not a place of eternal nature because with the devil, it's called, he'll be loosed for a little season. That's right. Um, Everybody that goes there, everybody that goes there is released. Correct. Hmm. And it's purgatory. So, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) So, if you study the bottom list, that's that's for all of our Roman Catholic friends. That's right. Right. The one star. Please give us five stars. So those are the three that I can find that are in the bottomless pit. The Mm. Antichrist, these devils who serve under their king, Apollyon, um, and then the future holding of Of Satan. Satan. Okay. Now, I believe this can be linked to Judas because of Acts 1, and I believe it's verse 25. Um. This reference to Judas in Acts 1, I can't find anywhere else in the Bible that someone is referred to this way. It doesn't say 
that Judas went to the grave. It doesn't say, um, this is Peter speaking. Matthias has just been chosen. You know, Matthias is going to be chosen as the apostle to replace Judas. But then notice verse 25, what is said of Judas, and I can't find this anywhere else in the Bible. The Bible says that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, and then notice where Judas went, that he might go to his own place. Hmm. So he has not gone to the place of torment where everyone else has gone. He has gone to his own place, which is an interesting... Now, again, we just can't take from that, oh, he's the Antichrist. Of course, Just yeah. another puzzle piece we're putting together that... Um, Again, trying to, if this does not mean that Judas, um, and again, we can't take this solely by itself, but we can say that he just hasn't died, he hasn't just gone to the grave, he hasn't gone to the place of torment where everyone else has gone, he's gone to somewhere specific, very specific. Um, could it be that Judas is the only human to ever be held in the bottomless pit. Judas is the only human that the Bible says that Satan entered in. That's in. one of my it, points. Yeah. Judas yeah. is very unique in the in the sense when you say only human. Mm -hmm. Because oh sorry. Yeah, Judas is the only one that the Bible specifically says Satan entered That's into right. him. Yeah. You know, there are many who had familiar spirits or devils or my name is Legion for we are many. Mm -hmm. But Judas is the only one that the Bible specifically says Satan entered into him. And I'll give you the scripture on that. That is, um, that would be Luke. Sorry, I'm having trouble reading my own writing. <laughs> John 13, 27 and Luke 22, 3, I believe is right. You all talk while I'm looking those up. To well, make I'm sure just thinking right. about, okay, when we think about the construction of a man, um, you know, God, well, it says, for the Lord God man, for the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed uh, into him and man became a living soul. And also I think it's first Thessalonians, uh, man is body, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And we know that because of sin, our spirit is dead, right? You were dead in trespasses and sins but we're quickened by the Holy Spirit. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. A new I'm creature. going somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So at the new birth, right, the Holy Spirit enters, and uh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So mm. the Spirit, the Spirit, if I were drawing it like in concentric circles, on the outside you have the body, and then the soul, and then the Spirit at the very center. And so it is, when it, the Bible says that Satan entered into him, uh, the the Satan entered into his spirit, mm. the place where his spirit. So you just kind of wonder, like, there's something new, something unique that's there. Satan having entered into the place of his Would spirit. You, um, that might just, sound weird, but no, you're you know, for the average devotional approach to scripture, I think we would all agree to this. Judas didn't have it and lose it when it comes to, I'm just going to go super uh, church-agey, 
but he didn't have salvation and lose it. No. And you know what I mean? It wasn't right. that. And people nor, say, well, how did he do miracles? Yeah. Well, nor guess what? did, or so did Satan. Satan, right. The Egyptian, the, the Egyptian. That's right. Um, nor did Judas feel this overwhelming sense of guilt when he went and committed suicide. Um, in Acts, it mentions in Acts 1, I, don't, I think it's John. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a, oh, no, look what I have done. I should have accepted him. And Judas got right. You know what I mean? I've heard these teachings. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's what Scripture's teaching us and showing us. I think we would all agree to that. That's not what's happened. I'm just using this because I'm thinking from a person going, well, how is he the Antichrist if he, you know, had this sense of guilt and, and repented? and got, You know what I mean? That's not it at all. That's not what happened. Is John... 6, verse 70, literal. Hmm. Well, I got to turn to it. Please. Jesus said, <laughs> one of you is a devil. Right. He does say that. Right. Yes. He doesn't say one of you has a devil. One of you is possessed by a devil. He says specifically, John 6, verse 70, Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12? So he's specifically talking about the to the 12. And one of you, one of the twelve, is a devil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, it says in verse twenty-one, and he spake of Judas Iscariot. Right. So if you're wondering, <laughs> if you're biting your nails, who could he be speaking of? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, well, he is the offspring of perdition, right? He is the son, son of perdition. Of perdition. What's perdition mean? Why do you two look at me? <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's just say it, that term son, perdition is used in the Bible a handful of times, a few times, but the term son of perdition is only used twice. Twice, right. It's only used two times. Um, one is, and I'll give you the references. Let me give you, I can go to... One is in John. Okay. Which is John, John 17, 17 and verse 12. So let me, while you're going there, perdition is the opposite of salvation. All right, Philippians one twenty eight talks about a token of perdition, uh, but to you of salvation, that of God. So, perdition, destruction. It's associated with destruction, with judgment. Um, so, carry on. So, son of perdition is John 17.12 mm-hmm. and 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3. Um and then, without the term son of perdition, Revelation 17 and verse 8 tells us that the Antichrist will go into perdition. Specifically, hmm. it doesn't say son of perdition. However, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, no one will deny, I don't believe, that we'll say that's speaking of the Antichrist. Sure. That son of perdition is hmm. the Antichrist, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Um, then in John 17... In verse 12, I believe that's the verse where it says, of all that you have given me, yes. I have lost This is Christ, Christ's prayer in John 17. Right. And no wonder that doesn't look right. I'm in Acts 17. Well, yeah. Why doesn't that look right? Mm. <laughs> so verse 12, he says, um, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition. So the son of perdition was there with Christ there in... John's gospel. So who would that be? 
I mean, it's Judas Iscariot. I don't think it's Well, in, too in hard. John 17, he has, that's clearly who it's he's talking about. It's got to be Judas. The only one he should yes. burn to. Right, right, right. So then you have to figure out, okay, so back to the whole seed idea, is it spiritual or physical, when you read of the son of perdition in Thessalonians? See, that's why I believe Genesis 3.15 is the physical fulfillment we're, we're studying the physical, the physical fulfillment, fulfillment of Genesis three fifteen. Genesis three fifteen, okay. and I link that the psalmist Psalm forty one, where it uh, let's in case in case um, we have a new listener that they're listening to this podcast but didn't hear the last one. Um, let's just read the psalm passage. Uh, last podcast, in case you're a brand new listener right now, we studied Genesis three fifteen talking about the seed, um, it shall bruise thy head, and forgive me, I'm going to misquote. Let me go there and just read I've got got my mind going in seven different directions. I'll read it while you're turning. Okay, if you'll read Genesis 3.15. (laughs) Yep, Genesis 3.15, speaking to Eve and and to the serpent, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So, um, Psalm, the psalmist says in Psalm 41 and verse number 9, the psalmist says, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. And... Um, I believe that is a reference to Judas Iscariot because Jesus quotes that in John 13 and verse 18 at the supper after, uh, you know, at the supper where Judas dips the sop with the Lord Jesus, Christ references the Psalms. He says in John 13 and verse number uh, 18, I speak not of you all. Got the wrong verse. I'm sorry. Where am I going here? John John 13, verse 18. I'm sorry. I was in the wrong verse. No, I was in the right verse. What is wrong with me? (laughs) I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. That's John 13, 18. So he is obviously speaking there of... Judas. And I would add, in Psalm, it refers to a friend whom I trusted, right? What was Judas trusted with that the other 11 were not? Right. He the was money, trusted the bag, with the money, the, the bag. Right. So, so he, you think, you know, what's the point? Why would the Bible take time to mention that it's Judas that carried the money bag? Why does that matter? Well, it's a point of trust. He right. was entrusted and we can, you know, t- to be trusted with the bag, the other 11 trusted him. Mm-hmm. The other 11, you know, they're asking the question, Lord, is it I? Even as Jesus has says to Judas, what thou doest, do quickly. Uh, the other 11 were, they thought well, Judas said, was one of them. Whoever dips sin with me is my betrayer. Right. And there dips Judas. And the whole table sees miss it, it, right? And they don't, and they they don't miss get it. it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, don't mind if I do the yeah. dipping as well. Right. What yeah. they'll do is do quickly. Yeah. Judas gets up and leaves, and they yeah. all just assumed it had something to do with the money. Just keep you on eating. Yeah. Also, is Judas the only one that Christ singularly called friend? 
Yes. Now, he called them all friends when he said, I no longer call you servants, but friends. In the, in the context of uh, his betrayal, when Judas shows up, Jesus says, friend. Correct. He doesn't call him Judas. He just says, friend. And I think Judas is the only one that he singularly calls yes. friend. And the word friend is used with the Antichrist in the teachings of Christ as well. That would be the parable. Oh, where do I, where I'm trying to look it up right now. That would be. Da, 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 da. Hold on. It's that would in... be Matthew 20. That'd be Matthew 22. This is a wedding parable. And you remember there was one who was found at the wedding mm -hmm. not wearing a wedding garment. The Bible says in Matthew 22, verse 11, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. I do believe that this is, Christ is referring to the Antichrist here in Matthew 22. This is a kingdom parable being given. And the singular use of friend, um, he used that with Judas. He used that with the Antichrist in Matthew 22. And that is a, another reason why I believe Judas is the Antichrist. And that, I think you also, you may have already hit this, but just the fact that Judas is called the son of perdition and the Antichrist is called the son of perdition, right? And the, I just think, okay, it would seem to me that they're, they're the same person. It's a logical connection. Right. Yeah. Because there's nowhere else in the scripture where, okay, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but are there sons or children of perdition, or is there just singular? You talk, and I'll look it up. I'll just look up the word perdition. It's not used right. much. Um, I know there are children of wrath, right? There's children of disobedience, but that unique term, perdition, are The there... word perdition is used eight times. Okay. It's only used in the New Testament, once in the Gospels, John 17. Then it's used seven other times. But as a title? Um, no. No. Right. Son no. of perdition is only used twice. That's John 17, Judas, right. 2 Thessalonians 2. So when you put all of it together, do you want to summarize? So like here's summarize my summary. Here, is, here are my points as to why. And again, can I reiterate again? I don't plan to be here. Um, and if you're a child <laughs> of God, you don't, you're not going to be here to see yeah. these things either. Um, but... We know he's a Jew, according to Daniel chapter number 11, verses 36 and 37. Um, according to Revelation chapter 17, he is someone who has once lived upon the earth, who at the time of John's writing has already perished, and but who shall rise again. The Bible says he shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. So that's second. Uh, third, he shall come from the bottomless pit, which is a very unique place when you study that in the scriptures. It is a place of holding. And the one that is being held is one who is going to bring judgment upon the earth. 
all three occasions that it's used, when the person is released, they bring judgment upon the earth, whether it's Apollyon and those that serve under him, whether it's the Antichrist or whether it's the devil himself, when he is released, judgment shall come upon the earth. Point number four, Judas went unto his own place, Acts one twenty-five. That's the only time in the Bible that I can find any reference to that. Son of perdition uh, is only used twice in the Bible, once with Judas in John 17 and verse 12, second with Antichrist, 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse number 3. Point number six is the use of the word friend, singularly. That would be the connection between Genesis 3.15, Psalm 41, and John 13. And then where my familiar friend and the betrayal of Christ, where Judas is called friend, the parable in Matthew 22, where the Antichrist is called friend. And then the seventh point would be um, that Judas is the only individual that the Bible says that Satan himself entered into Judas. Um, So those are the seven um, reasons, you know, the seven puzzle pieces that, that I have that through my study that I just believe Judas is going to be resurrected. He is in the bottomless pit right now being held. When he is released, he will bring judgment upon the earth as the Antichrist. So can I ask a question? Yes. When we come to the book of Revelation, um, Revelation 1.10, John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Yes. Do you understand that to mean that he was having a good time worshiping the Lord on a Sunday? <laughs> or, or was he transported forward to see that which was going to unfold uh, in the tribulation? In the day of the Lord. In the day of the Lord. Well, the term in the spirit, is that not also Revelation 4, mm-hmm. verses 1 and 2, mm. where it says, uh, yeah, when, when, when come, up hither, come up hither. Okay. And then the Bible says, immediately I was in the spirit. spirit. Mm -hmm. So understanding that, so we would all agree on that, I think. And I believe, I believe Revelation 4, is it verse 2, I think, immediately I was in the spirit. Mm -hmm. 4, 1 or 4, 2. I believe that that means he was glorified into whatever... 1 Corinthians 15. Right. Corruption, canon, hand. We are going to be glorified. That's what I believe that means. So then... So does that mean he was shouting glory hallelujah <laughs> yeah. under the spot where the glory Amen. comes out? Amen. Right? Amen. <laughs> okay, so with that understanding, right. everything that he's witnessing at that point is yet future. Correct. And we would argue is also yet future for us. Correct. Okay, okay. so then you come to Revelation 17, the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. We would make the argument that the Antichrist doesn't, Judas doesn't actually ascend out of the bottomless pit until you're in the trip, until the tribulation itself is going on. Correct. So the point is that we should not try to find the Antichrist on the earth at this present time. Because he's not. He's not here. Because he's in the bottomless pit and does not come out of the bottomless pit until 
that 70th week, that time of Jacob's troubles actually going on. When Correct. we are taken Fair. out. Okay. Now, I do believe he is released at the beginning mm-hmm. of that 70th week. There are those, and I've got close friends who believe that he's not coming onto the scene till halfway through. Mm-hmm. I don't believe the Bible to teach that. Um, and they use Second Thessalonians 2, he shall not be revealed. Mm-hmm. Well, Judas wasn't revealed. He was with... He was there. He, he was just, with Christ. Right. Is it any coincidence... He was there for three and a half years sure, before wasn't he revealed was revealed. After, yeah, yeah, wasn't revealed till after. You know, three and a half Joseph years. didn't reveal himself until to his brethren. Mm-hmm. So I think until they knew who he really was. So you was. would connect that revelation of the Antichrist being revealed to being revealed for who he is. Yes, because remember, that he wasn't here, but he's he he's going to be at peace with Israel for the first okay. three and a half years. Right, but then he's going to reveal himself for who he really is. The abomination of desolation. Correct. Right. So the Antichrist is on the scene the entire. 70th week mm-hmm. it's just he's not revealed for who he is until that second hmm. which is consistent with judas like you said right consistent judas, with judas they didn't know who he was mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. he was revealed right i don't believe they knew who judas was until the garden sure obviously when judas left when he left they thought he was doing yeah yeah they didn't know why he yeah. left right. Right. until he betrayed in the garden those other disciples didn't know but by acts one they know exactly who he is they know who he is as of Acts 1. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you can go back to John 6 at the very beginning. He says, one of you is a devil. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bible doesn't say how the other men respond to that, thinking, yeah. one of us 12 is a devil. <laughs> well, clearly he was speaking allegorically. Yes, of course. And not literally <laughs> yes. at that time, which is why we favor that allegorical interpretation. Yeah, is, because, well, That's sarcasm, sarcasm filter. So anyway, those are the reasons why I believe that Judas is going to be released from you know, the bottom are, of the pit, and he's going to be the end. There are connections. You can find other places. They're not direct, but you can see reasoning for why the Lord put... For instance, my, my go-to is Zechariah 11, where there's clear prophecy of Judas in the betrayal with the potter's field and the price of silver... And just the next verse, he gets into the false shepherd, the foolish shepherd, rather, and the idle shepherd, who is the Antichrist in right. the context. So we're in the, and again, it doesn't explicitly say. But there's another great puzzle piece. But it's Absolutely. a piece that you can put, well, why does prophecy go from Judas to Antichrist in one verse? So Well, this is, this is where this brings me to. This is why God says, study to show yourself approved unto God, mm-hmm. approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So when it comes to a matter like this, it's actually a good thing that the John Hagees of the world exist. It's mm. a good thing. And here's why. 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen says, For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved, there's that word again, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. So if if you have some kind of, you know, teacher or spiritual leader or author who tries to pass off that the Antichrist is whoever, well, you could be thankful uh, that he's wrong, thankful that he's clearly wrong, because that helps you. If he's wrong in this, and I'm not going to follow him in, in uh, matters right. of yeah. practical, uh, everyday faith. Don't listen to that guy. And and this is how God, I mean, this is just me, uh, as, as I'm thinking through this, this is a way in which God separates the wheat from the chaff, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not in a literal, 
but but well, I guess literally separating those who are really willing to do the work and understand these things biblically from those who just want to shoot from the lip and make a dollar uh, off of people. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, that's, that's a great good. study. Great we should, study. We should make a book. And sell and it. Sell it. That's no, say. that's you just said <laughs> to make a buy. Are we making any no, money? No, really not. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, this, uh, we might this, get another one star. Right. This, <laughs> there you go. This podcast brought to you by absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to wrap us up? Take us home. Sure. Hey, uh, we'd like to hear from you, um, and we're just grateful for you listening to us once again. Hope that you're going to have another good week. We'll come back to you uh, next Friday with another episode of Backwoods Theology. Mm-hmm.